You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today we are beginning the foray into Pacers player season recaps, figure out what happened last year, what went right, what went wrong, where players can step forward, what it means for the future of the team, what it meant for this past year of the team. Plus, it's fun to talk about actual basketball because the playoffs are awesome right now and the Pacers are not participating. So it's fun to talk about actual games that happened this year. So today is Edmund Sumner. Really excited to do him first. His season was very fun and exciting. He's one of my favorite guys to watch on this team. This week we're doing backup shooting guards slash off-ball guards in general. So Sumner today, Adam will have uh, either Aaron Holiday or Jeremy Lamb tomorrow and the other of those two guys on Friday. And in the past for these player season recaps, a problem we've actually had is they've been all over the place. I structure them differently than Adam. We kind of talk about them differently for different players. So this year, structure, finally. If Adam does not follow this tomorrow, I texted him and put it in our Google Sheet so you guys can yell at him. But what we're going to do is we're going to start by looking at their stats, how they improved, statistically what it meant, and then pick one word to describe that player's season and why we chose that word. Second segment, we'll go through some skills that player showed or improved and some skills they need to improve. And then the third segment, speaking of needed improvement, what comes in the future? How does that impact the team? What's their long-term outlook? So Edmund Sumner, I'm going to do the one word part first. My one word to describe Edmund Sumner's season, his fourth season in the NBA, is bobbing. Bobbing like bobbing for apples. So I was trying to think of a way to get one word for like up and down. And up and down isn't exactly how I'd describe his season, but bobbing seemed good because when I was looking at the definitions of words I was looking at, bobbing was making a quick short movement up and down. And Edmund Sumner makes a lot of quick movements on the basketball court and he's short and he moves up a lot because he has a crazy vertical. So that's a stupid reason to pick bobbing. But up and down is what I was kind of going for. And the up and down for him wasn't necessarily his fault. Remember, early in the season, he was not in the rotation at all. Like Bjorkren barely played him. He played eight minutes and 30 seconds in the Pacers' first nine games. And then he got in the rotation after I forget who got hurt. And he played 30 minutes against the Warriors and locked up Steph Curry and scored 12 points. And I'm like, yeah, this guy should play more. And then he played three more games, went back out of the rotation for a month, and then didn't come back into the rotation until Bjorkren decided to go nine deep in late February. That was very frustrating and then was really good when he came back in the rotation, 18 points against Philly uh, in early March and had some nice defensive moments, scoring in double figures every game in early April, right? And then kind of fell off at the end of the year and then got hurt again, right? So it was a pretty up and down year, but the highs were clearly pretty good right we saw that this guy's clearly a rotational of a guy I think he passed both Aaron Holiday and Jeremy Lamb in terms of effectiveness and play on the court thanks to his defense but also he's a good offensive player who improves some needed skills we'll talk about that in the next segment so bobbing is the way I would describe his season though growth was a word I considered uh, because seeing him finally come from that guy who is you know hey this guy's a great utility player when we have injuries we can put Sumner in and things are great and maybe he should be an end bench guy to like okay when this guy's healthy he has to play. Like him and McConnell together were a lethal duo. Sumner played with the starters 24 times. He started. It didn't seem like that many, but that you know that's a third of the games. He played a lot of starting minutes and he played well with a lot of the units he was with. So bobbing is the word I settled with. Growth would have been a good one as well. Statistically, good season and some of the, some of the stats just naturally lead into skills. But we'll we'll try to get more specific there next next segment. But you know the, let's let's go to per 36 to compare to last year. Easier, but we'll go to per game. 
you know, at the end here. Points per 36 last year, 12.2 up to 16.7 this year. So I found more ways to score. Rebounding went up by 0.2 per 36 minutes. Uh, the steals went up by 0.2 per 36 minutes. But then in turn, the turnovers went up by 0.3 per 36. The fouls went up by 0.2 per 36. The blocks went down. The assists were halved, basically. So when he was in the game, he was asked to pass less, but he wasn't finding his teammates as much as he was in past seasons, playing much more off the ball. Uh, the fouling and turnovers were up. Some of that's a consequence of playing against stronger opponents. Some of that was, as he got more responsibilities on the ball and was asked to do more, just made more careless plays. The fouls, again, he's guarding Steph Curry. He's guarding amazing players all the time this season. So it's not like necessarily problematic that these statistical trends pop up um but you know it, it's something to monitor right if this like jaron jackson's foul rate goes up and up and up and all of a sudden this guy can't play edmund sumner's not going to reach that level of fouling but it's something to monitor but the, really the big stats for sumner this season and this will be baked into his skills in the next segment is scoring and percentages right the the, the scoring output went up 7.5 points in 16 minutes per game it is good it's a good rate and a lot of that's because his shooting was phenomenally shot 52.5 percent from the field 58.2% from two-point range, that's a career high. 39.8% from three, so just under 40, basically 40% from three. Definitely a career high. And again, I, I, I harped on this a lot when I was talking about why I thought he should be playing, but if you watch Sumner in the G League, like it was kind of clear to me he was an okay to good shooter. You know, he works with Joy Bird and a local trainer in the summers here, but with, the, in, with Fort Wayne um, in his full season there two years ago when he was on a two-way deal, he took six threes a game and hit 36% of them. Like, that's great. And then in, he only played in two games two years ago, and he was recovering from injury. But he hit 43% of – he hit three of seven, whatever. But in the G League in total, he hit 35% of 175 attempts, right? So he was a struggling from three in the NBA his first three years. Like, he took like 100 of them and was at like a quarter of – and he only made like a quarter of them. That's not good. This year jumped all the way up, took 88, hit 40% of them. So still low volume, but – Proved that he can hit them. I don't. I don't know if he's a forty percent guy, but I think he's about a league average shooter. And to show that was a really big step for him. That's a skill thing, not a stat thing, but it shows up on the stat sheet. And I, it was really good that that finally manifested from his G League days. You hit the advanced stats, and these are the things that make me believe in him. Pretty good steal percentage, about two percent. That's a number I look at as pretty good. The turnover rate went up a little bit. You don't like that, but the usage rate also goes up. So you kind of expect that. But the big thing is you see that usage rate for him go up and his true shooting percentage, 63%, 62.6 really is great. That's an awesome efficiency. So to pair that with his usage is phenomenal. So good stuff from him. And the big thing for Sumner is he finished really well at the rim as well. He kept that alive. That's something he's really good at. He flashes that in transition. 71.2% shooting from zero to three feet. His mid-range game is not very good. You know, he, he doesn't. I think if, if Sumner works in a floater this summer, right? We've seen this with a lot of guys who finally evolve from their rookie form to like their really solid, good, and or starter form. Uh but like Donovan Mitchell gets a floater, and he—I'm not saying Edmund Sumner's ever going to be as close to any of the na- good as close to any of the names I'm about to say. But just an example, like Donovan Mitchell gets a floater and just explodes in in impact. He gets a lot better. Karis LeVert even—he got a floater and went from a rookie guy who was an okay scorer to like, oh, this guy's really dynamic. Um, you can Julius Randle got his floater. Suddenly he's with harder to defend. Jamal Murray. Right, you get this floater, and all of a sudden you become a rim and threes guy who like teams can kind of figure out how to defend. To, like you have an evolved three-level scoring method that makes you really hard to stop. I think if Sumner got a floater because he's seventy percent at the rim two seasons in a row, the three balls about league average. If he could get a floater, he'd be like a decent off the dribble threat, and then he becomes 
a really good rotation player because he's a good defender as well. So his stats are pretty solid. I think they're a good base for a guy who's going to be in a rotation for an NBA team for a, a while. You know, maybe not quite. He could reach starter level, I think. Uh, definitely. Maybe not like high-end starter level, but... The statistical profile is pretty good. And in this season of inconsistency, something that wasn't inconsistent is he, he rarely had a bad game, right? He rarely was just like, oh, Sumner killed us out there. Some of that's because his defense is good. But he, he doesn't have the ball that much to, to just kill you with bad shooting or anything like that. So good statistical profile. Pretty good season from Sumner given where he started from out of the rotation for most of the first nine games. And we'll see where he goes from here. So let's look at his skills specifically. I kind of just talked about them a lot. It's kind of hard to separate them from stats. But there's more stuff we can get to specifically. So let's do that. But first, we've got to talk about two great groups of people. The first one, a new one here, the folks over at Credit Karma. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, You'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. For free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, no withdrawals. Excuse me. And free withdrawals. Big difference there. From a network of over 50,000 ATMs only for June 8th through June 30th. When you make a purchase between those dates, you'll be automatically entered to win a million dollars. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here right now. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions in terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And of course, we're talking about Rock Auto because chain stores have different price deals for professional professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. They offer the same low prices possible for everyone instead of changing on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. It's for everybody, does not require membership or account login. It's fantastic. Family business over at rockauto.com, serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Shop for everything you'll need for your car from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique, super easy to navigate, and of course, their prices, again, always reliably low. Get everything you need in just a few clicks. Head over right now, rockauto.com. See everything available for your car or truck right locked on. And there, how did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Man, no breaks on that ad break. My voice is going to explode today. But we carry on talking about Edmund Sumner's skill sets. And the shooting is that I, I, I just harped on this last segment, but he shot 40% from deep. And again, the G League stuff, like he was shooting them off the dribble too. They're harder. Tom Hankins brought this up two Fridays ago on this podcast for Madden's coach, Tom Hankins, who worked a little bit with Ed as an assistant coach with the Pacers in 2019-20. It's like some of the, the way these guys shoot in the G League compared to the NBA, we saw this with O'Shea shooting great percentages, is they shoot a lot of off the dribble shots in the G League. And you saw this with Ed, especially. They take a lot of off the dribble shots. Like they're the best player of the team or like one of the best whatever players on the team in the G League. So the shot profile is different. So Ed is taking all these off the dribble threes in the, in the G League and shooting those percentages, I said last segment. So I always thought he'd be a better NBA shooter than he was before this year. He really showed a ton of growth there, finally drilling those triples. Only two a game he took, a little under two a game, really. But he didn't play that many minutes, so not a huge deal. 
per per minute, if you go to per 36 minutes, his threes are still about four. They have been for about the last three years. I'd still think that that could be up a little higher if this percentage is legit. But showing that skill growth is just massive. That alone, if he never improves, but he just maintains the threes from this year, like rotation player for a decade, you know, and that's maybe not a decade. He's already 25, but rotation player for the rest of his career for sure because he's a good defender. You can count on him to hit that outside shot. Capable guy running the floor, right? If he can hit, that's enough. That's enough to be a rotation guy, even if he never touches the ball. So that was a huge thing for him. That made him a lock to play every game. But with Sumner, I think it's always been the same thing that made him have a good floor prior to the the three was his defense. And that continued to get better this year. They asked a lot of him at times. You know, if you look at impact stats, it actually looks like it was the worst year of his career defensively. I think that's going to end up being true as we go through the stats for this for these player season re- reviews for a lot of players because the Bjorken system kind of screws a lot of guys statistically. It's kind of strange. Like you go through defensive box plus minus, for example, and that's just usually the one I bring up sometimes here because Marty on basketball <laughs> reference for the rest of the stats. But yeah, like Miles Turner's is lower than in years past. We all know he was better defensively in past seasons just because a lot of other like ancillary team stats got worse because the Pacers defense was all over the effing place this season. Uh, so anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to just write it off and be like, oh, Sumner, you know, that's wrong. But I think he showed a ton of on-ball defensive improvements this season when he did it. Uh, some of the blitzing stuff like recovering is really hard for him. He's def- Again, the foul-prone stuff is a problem, and that shows that maybe his recoveries aren't perfect or his closeouts aren't great. But certainly a great on-ball defender in past. Man defense is his thing. He's really good at it. So he still a solid defender is growing they stick him on some tough assignments like Steph Curry I remember specifically I even asked Steph about Edmund Sumner after the Pacers beat the Warriors really early in the season he had like Dame for a few minutes the night before like it, it's it's really wild that the assignments he gets so his on-ball defense is good I think his team defense still needs some work just in general the concepts of you know not helping too much from one pass away or again like I just said those closeouts but Still, I think a plus on defense by a mile. And the the thing is, even if like you lose McConnell next year between Brogdon and Sumner, if you always have one of them in the game, you always have one capable guard defender on there. Sumner very rarely gets blown by, uh, but he's a little skinny in the frame. And I think that as you look at skills he needs to improve beyond his his off ball D kind of stuff, his positioning getting a little stronger, right? So that you know, if he doesn't get blown by, he can hang. When he stays with his defender, he can hang with them if they shoot or, or banging around the post and stuff like that. I think some strength can go a long way for him there. That'll help him a ton, and I think that'll help his handle too, right? Like some guys get stronger and their handle gets weaker. They're just they're pounding the ball a little more, and that could happen here. But I think that the turnovers going up this year is not something awesome. If he wants to have a little more responsibilities, which he's earned, he played amazing this season again. But he's got to keep the handle a little tighter, not cough it up quite as much. A lot of his turnovers are passing or trying to do just a little too much. Uh, just, just if, maybe, and this isn't a coaching thing too. Just give him a plan when he can, like you got to got to ingrain it in their heads if they're going to drive. Young guys sometimes they don't have a plan. They just know they can beat their defender, and then they get in the paint, and they get cut off, and they don't know what they're going to do. They don't know where the safety valve passes. They don't have the floater in Sumner's case, like we said last time, to shoot. So they just get stuck. They jump and they turn it over. Aaron Holiday does that as well. I think Sumner, if he either gets the floater or is, is better at the plan, a little tighter handle, he could improve there. But really not a ton like not a ton to complain about. I mean, obviously he's not he's a role player. Like you can get better at so many things when you're not a star, obviously. But you know, it's not like he's terrible at anything. I you know I think his spatial awareness is a little weak just in general on both ends of the floor, and he, he gets away with some of it because he's so athletic and works his tail off out there. But really like 
well-rounded role player. Like he's good at defense. He can shoot now. He can drive. He's he's an okay passer. He's just a, a really tidy and solid player. So I think that if he, I think the floater is the biggest thing. Like if he can, if he can get in ten to fifteen feet and have something he can go to just two times a game. That makes the defender not backpedal all the way to the rim when Sumner's driving at them. All of a sudden, he is great. Or that, or a skip pass. Like that was a big deal for Lavert and Brogdon, especially opening up stuff in the offense this year. Is they had, they threw a few more skip passes to the weak side corner this year, and the Pacers' offense didn't improve a ton. It went from like twentieth to fourteenth or something around those numbers. But unlocking skip passes also makes the defense like uh, has a little more hesitant, or like they're they're a, a step closer to you on drives or. A step farther away from you if you're good at the pass like it it just changes the geometry a little bit to add those skills so i think a skip pass or or reading the floor a little more would help sumner a ton or the floater if he gets both then he's a starter next year which is uh, you know then he's close to karis on offense right and it, that's that's impossible to, to have that growth in one offseason but he's gotten better every year and i think he'll get he'll get a little more something that proves he's really good you know maybe he gets the minutes to get up to be like a 10 points per game score all of a sudden and with his on-ball defense that'd be huge I mean they could play him over half the game if that becomes the case so more good than bad on the skills department there's a reason I've been harping on him playing so much for his whole career barely went up in minutes from last season to this season although he did play way more games and started eight times as much but I'd like to see his minutes next year go up to about 20 and speaking of next year let's talk about it in Sumner's future uh he could be a free agent this offseason although he will not be. Uh, I've explained this before. I'll explain it again. But first, we got to take one more break. So let's talk about the awesome folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, baseball, NBA, NHL playoffs, in full swing right now, plus UFC, MMA. I hope you didn't watch boxing over the weekend. I heard it was really lame, although I did not watch it. But they're all going on at the same time at betonline.ag. Has you covered for all the latest odds and info for all that action. If you're into the NBA playoff betting landscape, BetOnline.ag tonight. Hawks, Sixers, Sixers favored by five. Jazz Clippers, cannot wait for that series. Jazz favored by four. I think I agree with those lines pretty tentatively, although the Hawks looked great in game one, so we'll see how that shapes out, especially with Embiid's health status. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the finals. Head over to that website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, when you do sign up. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So what comes next for Sumner? What is his next evolution? How is he helping the Pacers in the future? What? How much longer is he helping the Pacers? That could be determined this summer. This is what, let, Let's go back in time to look at Sumner's future. I've talked about this a lot. I'll explain it again, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again because it's kind of confusing. He is a team option this offseason, as he did in the summer of 2018 or 19. I cannot remember which one. Doesn't matter. He had a team option, and what the Pacers did is they they didn't. I don't know that they explicitly said anything like this, but this is probably what they proposed. They said, "Hey, we like you. We want you around for more than the last year on your deal. If we want, we can decline your team option and just give you a raise using your your bird rights, so you can have a longer deal with more money on it." And Sumner agreed to that, right? He he was coming off a two-way, but he was on a minimum. He had it converted, and they he he they declined his uh, team option that summer, and then he re-signed a, a three-year, six little over six million dollar deal with team option on the back end of it, right? So the that that back end team option is this summer. 
So it's 2.3 million next year for Sumner if they pick it up. And that's fine. If if they, if they pick I think that at the bare minimum, if the Pacers want Sumner back next year, pick that up for cheap. That sounds great. If they want, they can do what they did last time though, decline that 2.3 million dollar option and then just give him a whatever, 3-year 17-18 million dollar deal, something like that. And then have him locked up for $6 million, but then you have him for the next three years to continue growing in Indiana. He says he likes it here. They have till the day before free agency to decide on that team option. And technically, the moratorium starts that day. You all know that he's under contract, so it's not illegal to talk to him about his contract. That's not tampering because he's on your team and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff is not illegal. But anyway... Uh, that is the future of Sumner. He'll he'll almost certainly be on the team next year unless he's a part of a trade. Well, that's true for every player, but I just uh, uh, of the guys who are going to be free agents, he's almost certainly going to could be free agents. He's almost certainly going to be on the team next year. The question is on this expiring deal, or and they could give him an extension if they pick it up. They could still extend it after picking it up too. There's a lot of stuff to consider with him. Anyway. Uh, or they could decline it and, and do a little higher deal. That'll eat into their cap space a little bit, but it's it's a little easier and safer than letting him get to free agency. Extensions are always scary, blah, blah, blah. Extensions are possible, though, and the extension could be up to a big number. So basically, an extension is probably better for the Pacers, but Sumner might want to, to get the pay bump next year instead of two years from now. Doesn't matter. I think he'll be back on the team next year because of the his contract status basically means that the Pacers want him back. They can have him back unless there's a huge trade and another team is like demanding him for a star or something, whatever. But if the Pacers want him back, they can have him back. So contractually, he's on the team next year, despite the fact that he could be a free agent. Let's move on past the contract stuff and look at his game. I think we just talked about what comes next for him. And that's, I think he needs a bigger role. I think if if the Pacers come back with a pretty similar roster next year, that includes Jeremy Lamb and Aaron Holiday still, at the start of the season, I'm penciling in Sumner ahead of both of them in the rotation. Right? I think he's the fourth. Let's assume they bring both McDermott and McConnell back and they run it back again next year. That's a terrible idea, but just assume for this exercise that that's what happens. I think Brogdon, Levert, McConnell, Sumner is the guard rotation. I think that makes the most sense to me. You could even squeeze Lamb in at the three if you're dying to play him, but I think Sumner has to be in your rotation. Like He's better than those guys. He's proven it. With his defense, now that he can shoot, now that he can play off ball a little more, and he's not just this transition threat and slasher, like he, oh, like he's off ball, it's not a bad thing. He has to be in the rotation. So I think what comes next for him is more minutes. If he's that fourth guard, play him 20 minutes a game, see how much that helps you, see how much that helps your units. And if McConnell is gone next year, or maybe they move on from Lamb in a salary trade or a challenge trade or something, then you can give him like some solid, like like half the game minutes, and he can, you can really see how much he can help you. Because then he's playing some with the bench and some with the starters instead of just one. Like, even when he started, he would usually just play with the starters. And when he came off the bench, he would just play with bench units. And, like, that sounds intuitive, but for some guys, it's mix and match, whatever. So I think that for him next year, if his minutes grow, seeing him in more varied units throughout the game, seeing how he can impact the ebb and flow of the game is important. Because then you know if you have a guy who you can give those big minutes to, who can help you in multiple matchups, doesn't tire out, is really good or if you just have like a quality bench role player both are good you just you can figure it out next year so i think his role will be bigger next year he earned it he should not start the season out of the rotation ever again uh and we'll see what happens with his contract there's a lot of stuff i could do a whole show on just his contract but this was about mostly basketball and how well he played this year how he grew from a guy that bjorkren didn't have in his rotation to a guy that bjorkren had as an invalued member of the rotation right from let's just there was a time i think it, they that philly game i brought up earlier 
He played 28 minutes because it was a bunch of fouls. I think Brogdon was in foul trouble that game. Maybe Brogdon didn't even play that game. That might be what it was. From that game until the end of the season, he played in 34 games and started 20 of them. And he played 20 minutes a game, right? So they got close to that. It was 19.9. So they got to that 20-minute mark once they figured out what his value was. They need to carry that into next year. And I think that that would be good for him, good for the future of the team. And since he's going to be a free agent soon, you'll know what you have with him. So that's Edmund Sumner's season review. I hope I have satisfied your Edmund Sumner review cravings. And if not, hit me up on Twitter at TEastNBA or the podcast at Lockdown Pacers. Again, Adam back tomorrow talking about, according to the schedule, Aaron Holiday. So tune in for that. That one will be much less rosy than this one was. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.